This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Sally Spickard from San Diego, California. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for April 11th, episode 1911. This episode is brought to you by Horselovers.com. And good morning, Horse World. Everybody up, rise and shine. It's a new day. It's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Here we can go again. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday morning. You heard a new voice there. We have Sally from Heels Down Happy Hour filling in for Jamie this morning. Good morning, Sally. Good morning. How are you, Glenn? <laughs> and Jemmy's in the background cheering. Yay! <laughs> now, I'm so Sa- glad I have some, such a fan base. It's great. <laughs> and you guys work together on Heels Down anyway, because she produces yeah. your show. So you, yeah, yeah, I am a fan. It's That's, a right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. She's like the number one fan. <laughs> it's a good thing like when your producer actually likes your fingers. show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, at least somebody does. <laughs> Thank the Lord. Yeah. Well, you start with an alcoholic beverage every time, so I think that has something to do with it. I have- you have to, you know, that's either like because we're super fun or because you have to drink to enjoy us. It's one of the two. <laughs> it's one of the two. <laughs> and I'll I have been with up to you. <laughs> and of course, Jemmy and I do no the Finding Florida show where we travel a lot, and I have seen her consume an alcoholic beverage or two. Just saying. Uh, I want to use you too. Don't act all innocent. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, we are. Uh, Sally is filling in today. Jamie is on vacation in Hawaii, so she's enjoying Hawaii. Probably not thinking about us at all. No. Uh, <laughs> not at all. But while she's gone, the cutest story ever happened in Maine yesterday, and that is a baby was born, and the baby's name is Mistletoe. What kind of baby? It's the first reindeer baby born in Maine in years, apparently like 20 years. They wow. Ca- like in Maine or in the whole country? Like in Maine, because okay. apparently okay. they're not, they're not, they, they're, there are no wild reindeer at all in Maine anymore. There used to be apparently years ago, but there really? are there are not anymore and and the cool thing was this is a petting zoo where they had reindeer you know for the <laughs> petting zoo for the christmas display well they didn't know the that the reindeer was pregnant and uh, all of a sudden gave birth to this little baby reindeer which is super cute by the way black and wow. super cute so it what uh, a surprise yep says the reindeer is a dark brown female calf but it looks black in the picture um and it was born at a farm get this on easter sunday so, oh <laughs> and they named it mistletoe. It's the cutest thing ever. Uh, there are no wild reindeer left in Maine, and uh, this pony, ex- this export pony express company, this uh, <clears throat> petting zoo, has the only domesticated ones in the state. Uh, so they once only had one reindeer, uh, an 18-year-old female named Freeway, that died in 2016, but they now have one male and four females. They have attempted, apparently, in the past to reintroduce them in the wild in Maine, and that, that didn't go 
well. So, huh. um, so yeah. So r- mistletoe is cute. Well, Jimmy, post a link. I've, I have the link up there for the Colombian newspaper, and it has a picture of mistletoe. You have to go check it out on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning. Oh my gosh, it's so tiny. It is. <laughs> it is. I didn't know what a baby reindeer looked like, but they're very cute. It looks like a little baby cow. It does, kind of, doesn't it? I guess they're a distant relation, right? That's I don't right. Well, they're hooved, aren't they? I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. All in the family. Yeah, that's right. Well, Jimmy, what is coming up in today's show? Well, on today's show, we are all excited to have Sally from Heels Down on here. Her maiden voyage. (laughs) Her maiden voyage. (laughs) Well, your husband or your Uh, boyfriend is a sailor, so I had to throw that in there. You had to just make the joke. I had to do it. We got to get it out of the way. Yeah, bad puns are over now. Very funny (laughs) atmosphere. Funny day. (laughs) All right, well, guest Christian Evans talks to us about using light therapy, what it is, how it works. We have a horselovers.com product review for Noble Outfitters men's mud boots. And Sally shares a heels down segment where they dive deep with Oliver Townend. We miss Jamie, but we're keeping it together with a packed show, guys. So you don't want to miss any of it. And speaking of today, it's National Pet Day. And I'm sure you guys can all figure out how to celebrate that. Yeah, yeah we have a few, most of us. <laughs> all right. I celebrate that every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't need a day for that. We got it coming. As my greyhound is laying by my feet. I stand up to do the show, and she has taken up coming Aww. over and laying pretty much under my feet during the show. So I'm stepping on her all the time. <laughs> And then she looks at you like she's offended when you step on her, right? Well, and I think part of it is she's blind, completely blind now. So, you know, I have a blindside hound. Yes, I know there's a joke there. But um, (laughs) so, so, but I think she just tries to get close because she is blind and stay close now. So she's definitely more, you know, right beside me than she used to be before. So it's, Aww. but it's He's dangerous. Your own dog. I do have my. <laughs> I'm her seeing eye person. Yes, exactly. You are her. You're her seeing eye. Oh, that's adorable. Can you? Can we get you a vest? And I'm like pretty much almost blind vest? too. If you'd see my glasses, oh, a vest. <laughs> All right, daily winning time. I knew I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I knew I shouldn't put you two on together. Um, so, so my day. <laughs> My daily Winnie is one of these. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> we have happy birthdays to Auditor Allison Elfrink. Uh, happy birthday to Allison. Also, a regular contributor here to Horses in the Morning, cowgirl in the kitchen, Jill Stanford. It's her birthday as well. So happy birthday Woo-hoo, happy to her. Birthday. Do you have a daily Winnie? Uh, you know what? I will give one. My friend Mallory, um, who's back in Kansas, she just completed her first one-star event this weekend. So shout oh, wow. out to her because she's got a horse that she produced herself uh, from the track. So she made a big accomplishment And this what's weekend, the horse's so. name? Do you know? Her name is Hugo Boss. So super fancy. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Huey for short. Huey for short. Well, for those that don't know Sally, she is a the, the newest host on Heels Down Happy Hour, one of the terrific shows here on the Horse radio network and and a very different show for us in that they really don't have many guests it's just the three of them sitting around drinking and gabbing about stuff and uh people seem to love the show so you guys are doing a great job over there with that thank you yeah we're super excited you know i just took over the um, third host spot that was available
available because uh, one of our hosts is a show jumper writer and her husband is very busy on the circuit. So she was getting to a point where she was traveling a lot. So um, I got to have the privilege of coming on, which was super awesome. So we have a lot of fun with it, honestly. Like when they first told me that it wasn't going to have guests, I was like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, you always listen to podcasts and they seem to have a lot of guests. But um yeah, somehow we're just entertaining enough <laughs> on our own. <laughs> well, you At least know, I think so. You know, I and it's fun. funny because there's a joke in the podcasting world, and Jemmy has heard this because she's been to the same conference as I've been, where uh, the worst they, there's a joke about the worst podcast being three guys uh, drinking beer in the basement. Um, so, but but. <laughs> You guys have made the that work. You know, you've made. You're, I mean, it's three ladies drinking beer in a bar, but uh, you've made it work. I mean, it really have. It really does work, and I, it yeah, all comes down to the hosts. It always they does. Actually, they, they at least have their own microphones, each separate microphone. Yes. That helps. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. big time. Makes a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think you know you just have to kind of get the right personality mix, and um, I think it works well because we have you know Joss is super funny and bubbly, and Justine's like. I, like, how is how would I describe Justine? I have to be careful because they're probably listening here. Justine um, is Justine's like the smart one, and like she likes to call people out. Like if she doesn't agree with something, or like if she has an opinion, like and she's I think like we can call her one. opinionated too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mildly, mildly <laughs> so. You know, Snarky, but, but I mean, in a very I too, endearing so. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm gonna start getting like hate messages. Like, why are you talking about it? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Do you know what, too? I think the other reason Whatever. that show works, unlike the three guys with beer in the basement shows, is you guys actually have a plan, you have topics, and you really have, you actually have a plan of what you're going to talk about throughout the whole show. And, you know, as opposed to just like, oh, what are we going to talk about today when you get on the mic? You guys have talked about it ahead of time, and there is a plan. And I think that's, that really comes across. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you have to just kind of, you know, we have a Facebook group that we really um, kind of not pull content from, but we have a lot of really engaged people that, that like to talk with us and just post ideas or comments. And so we've, we've really gotten a lot of engagement from our audience, which has really been awesome as far as, you know, kind of knowing what they want to hear about and what they'll listen to. So that, that absolutely helps. Like you really have to know who's listening and what they want to hear. Well, Sally's been around for a little while in the journalist world here on, in the horse world, but you started out where you were a writer as a kid. I know you were a mentor. Yeah, so I I didn't really start writing until I was about 13. And um, my dad was, you know, poor dad. It was so ignorant to the fact that horses were what they were. So I was kind of like the poor kid growing up at the barn. And I grew up at the super nice hunter jumper barn and everybody had to have matching tack trunk covers. And so then there's me and, <laughs> you know... <laughs> The lonely step. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it was cool. I mean, like, I'm honestly still friends with several of the girls that I rode with. So it was it was it was great. I had a great coach and I got to have some some great, you know, lessons and I got to lease a few horses growing up. So but I didn't really catch the eventing bug until I went to Kentucky. Um, I want to say it was like 2002 or 2003. It was a long time ago. Like they still had, I think it was one of the last years they had it as the long format, um, whatever that was. So that was when I really kind of started to look at eventing. But the problem was that I was such a chicken as a kid that there's no, like, I don't think I jumped more than two cross country fences when I was a child. (laughs) So I don't know why I I think I thought it was cool and I wanted to be cool. So that was what I chose. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, and, and jury's still out on it. But that's, that's true out. of a lot of a lot of kids that start out in the hunter uh, in the equitation field, right? <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> so. they do. They really start in like the little hunters yeah. here in the states. Yeah, which, they do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have opinions on that, but. Um, yeah, I think it was, you know, my, my trainer growing up had evented when she was younger. So she kind of, you know, we had a cross country place right across the street. So we, we got to go over a lot, but I always rode these like super naughty horses that would like stop or do whatever. And so I, you know, I, I just never really had any confidence. And so for some reason it was kind of the opposite with me where I felt like I got more brave as I got older, um, and not when I was a kid. So it was kind of weird with me. I felt like I did it a little backwards almost. First horse's name? Uh, Gracie. Her name was Say Goodnight Gracie. There, the, what was that TV show? Yes. Um, um, where he oh, signed off. I oh, God. know. I can't think of it hang right on, now. Hang on. Hang on. Say Goodnight Gracie was... The Honeymooners. Yep. Yep. No. No? Yes. You're right. Wait. Is that right? I don't remember. Burns and Allen? Burns and right. Allen. No. I can't. I don't think any of us is old enough Gracie to know out. what this should okay, be. Okay, <laughs> so so anyway, say goodnight, Gracie, and she was like this little gray horse, and I used to put her in neon orange polo wraps, and I have this picture, <laughs> and I have like a matching orange shirt, and the picture is literally glowing. Uh, <laughs> so that's the last time I ever wore orange. Um, yeah. So her according name to Google, it was Burns and Allen. Burns and Allen. Burns okay. and Allen. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um. So now, you, you know, it's interesting you said about riding the naughty ponies, uh, when in fact, those naughty ponies thought you'd be a better rider in the end, right? You don't think of that at the time. You just think you're riding a crappy naughty pony. <laughs> it just... I mean, yeah, but you know what? I, you know what? I don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but I honestly had a really good conversation with a rider. Um, I don't want to give too much away because it's a, for a future issue of the magazine. <laughs> but, um, you know, we had a really good conversation about how... Yes, those naughty ponies and those naughty horses that you kind of ride because you're trying to get saddle time do have their place, but you still have to spend your time like riding good quality, not quality horses necessarily, but good tempered horses that aren't going to try to kill you. You know, there's definitely something to be said, but yeah. Well, the naughty ponies, what they teach you is how to stay on. The other ponies actually teach you something, uh, you know, beyond that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, you know what though? Like I, I honestly, like I, I, I never really learned how to fall off the right way. So I've had some pretty dramatic falls in my life that I <laughs> don't we may all? or may not be proud of. I don't know. They're good stories. <laughs> any, any on video, Sally? Cause it's still, no, everybody does like, nobody <laughs> understands the concept that you don't stop videoing until you hit the ground. Like none of my friends understand that. <laughs> well, the thing is, and this is what happens in every fall video that we'll get out to our first guest. Every, I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but every fall video, and I've done this because I've filmed Jennifer falling, uh, is you go, oh my God, and the camera goes up, and that's it. <laughs> you don't get the no, end. That's true. I mean, because you kind of like, you have this like freak out moment. Yes. You know, and I'm, like your hands go up in the air. Yeah, and that's it. Or you get the ground, or they go down. You either out. see the sky yeah. or the ground, and everybody's going, oh, and you don't see the all. So it's. Yeah. It's yeah. true. No. It's true. That's because loved ones are the ones usually filming. That's uh, true. Yeah. And I mean, loved ones, you would hope, would be more concerned for your welfare. And not... You would hope they care a little anyway. But you know what? <laughs> I apologize in advance for anybody that I film that falls off because you're going to get the whole video. <laughs> it's going on YouTube in, within a minute. <laughs> it's going to be there. Because you're okay. Is he <laughs> going on, on YouTube? Like her, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
If you if you only broke an arm, you're gone on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Mild concussion, you're good. It's you're fine. good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is a level there, too, of what you determine, though. It's funny. We joke about that. But in your mind, you go, okay, it's only a broken arm. So that's okay. No, um, it's like the horse person's triage, like, yeah. completely messed up. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, okay. I think I might be bleeding internally, but I don't see anything. So we're just going to go ahead and get back on. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yes. And it's okay to post that one because we don't see the bone sticking out. There's um, no blood. There's no weird angles and there's no bones. We're that's good. Right, that's right. All right. Our guest is going to be so excited she joined us today. All right. Let's get to, let's get to our horse health segment. It's time for the Horses in the Morning Horse Health Report. When our intrepid hosts, together with an unlucky member of the equine veterinary trade, attempt to inform, enlighten, or terrify horse owners everywhere into funding a Kickstarter campaign to mass-produce Kevlar-coated, bubble-wrap-lined equine products. So we have Christian Evans here with us to talk a little bit about a product called the Mini Phaser, which I thought was going to be a sci-fi thing that related back to Star Trek or Star Wars, but apparently not. So good morning. <laughs> good morning. Thank you so much for having me today. So we're not talking about Star Wars or Star Trek at this point? Not at this point. We, we tend to keep things on stun so that your horse doesn't get too excited. Oh, okay, um, good. But yeah, good, the, good. The, but... the Mini Phaser... Oh, go ahead. Well, it does kind of kind of reminded me a little bit of that though when I looked at the pictures. So that's that's what I that's what I thought of immediately. So, all right, first tell us about the company. So the the company itself is named Quadrapoise, and uh, the reason for that is is the number four quadra, and poise we think of as balance. So we're trying to help you balance your horse. And uh, we, we basically the the idea came from uh, an, uh, our sister company that we work with called Sense Technology. They make the technology behind the mini phaser and have uh, about twenty five to almost thirty years of research in uh, pain management and and a traumatic uh, pain, which is something that we all uh, eventually run into at some point with low back pain and things like that. Why ho- so why and, did quadrupoise why horses? Are you horse people or Well, we are horse people. Um I've owned horses since I was very very young. Uh, my wife also owned horses uh, from the age of about uh, 16 on. And so when we had children, we of course introduced them to horses as soon as we could and had the little ones riding uh, bareback on the ponies from the the barn all the way up into the woods just for fun and uh, jumping trees and things as they went. So they've become very good uh, d- good riders. And eventually we got sucked into something called equestrian vaulting. Yeah, which is uh, uh, that if, sounds if you've cool. All heard of that before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, they just very, had very the cool uh, test event for the WAG over the weekend and try on. That's right, vaulting. exactly yep. down in try on. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, we're pretty involved with that. We now have uh, about three vaulting horses. Pretty soon we'll have four. Now, where and are you located, during... Christian? Oh. Sorry. We're based uh, right east of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, right oh, now. Oh, okay. I was hoping you were in California and I could come learn how to vault. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can put you in touch with quite a few teams out there. That's a, cool. that's a pretty big hotspot for vaulting <laughs> in, in the U.S. It really started in the West and then moved over to the East slowly. <clears> and, you know, we have things called snow here, so we tend not to to get to practice quite as much as the guys yeah. in the West. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> so, okay, so it looks like this thing kind of hooks up to an app. Is that correct? Because it, it's really that cool is, how it's like really ha- it's handheld. That's that's something that is awesome because horse people don't like to fumble around with 
large products a lot. Exactly. This is one of the few um, systems that we know of, if not the only one, that is not only handheld and portable, but you can use it with or within, without an app for your iPhone or iPad or uh, you know, the, the small iPods as well. And um, what's really cool is that it integrates not only a vibration therapy for motion, but also uh, light therapy. So we've got three different um, wavelengths of light that the system uses. To, and we, the, the reason for the mini phaser name is we basically keep the light and the motion in phase with each other. Wow. So what's it, That's like what's really it supposed scientific? to do? What, what is it supposed to do? What's it supposed to do? Well, what's really cool is that it, it does what it's supposed to do. Okay, well, that's, that's a good that answer. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Simple. We, we tie this, this system together with a liniment that we've introduced that is based on a theory of this, this atraumatic pain that uh, people have. And the theory was published by Dr. Joseph M. Evans uh, of Sense Technology. And um, he's, he's actually a dual PhD in civil engineering and biotechnology. So uh, hmm. he's and one, of the, one of the few, um, uh, basically one of, the, one of the few things that was granted from CMU here, one of the first of a dual PhD like that uh, granted from Pittsburgh here. So he's, he's what we call a pretty smart guy. And uh, the liniment is, we, we kind of call it Gatorade for the cells because we go to the cellular level and add natural uh, salts and minerals to the, uh, to the cells so that they can produce something called ATP, which okay. enables the muscle to uh, relax and contract correctly. So when you get a cramp in your, in your leg or in your arm, that's when uh, we feel that the calcium pump in the muscle has failed for some reason, and your muscle has, has contracted, but now it can't relax. Even though your brain is saying, hey, I want that to relax, your muscle goes, eh, sorry, I can't. I don't have the minerals and salts that I need for the calcium pump to work. And that's what allows your muscle to, to contract and relax appropriately, which then pumps the lymph system and gets the nasty stuff out of the muscle so that it feels good and, and everything works correctly. So we use the liniment. And then when we, to drive the liniment down into the cells, we use the mini phaser. And okay. it adds what we call proprioception, which is motion with the vibration. And then the different wavelengths work in different ways to basically help aid the blood flow in that area and relieve pain. Okay. So now have you used this on your own horses or do you use this actively as a, as a kind of a proactive preventative measure or do you kind of pinpoint areas? Absolutely. When when we started the vaulting, um, if you if you know a little bit about vaulting, uh, the horses go in one direction for a long right. period of time. Right. So what we find is generally you get that inequality. Oh, and oh, with the these kids jumping all over them, exactly. so that's sad. Dad. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're kind of yep, like yep, all on the too. bit. That, like that's they're using never helped. Bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so we we use our the mini phaser extensively um, with our vaulting horses, but we found that it it of course can aid in all types of of. Uh, horse activities, whether it's working with dressage to make sure that your horse can, can extend and really relax in those areas that it needs to so that it can get full motion. And if you've got full motion of those muscles and everything working like it should, then the underlying structures can move like they should as well. So we relieve pain, and then we also add and give you kind of that peak performance that you're looking for from your horse in, in whatever um, horse activity you might be doing. 
Interesting. And now how did you kind of, was this an idea that you yourself came up with or, or where did this kind of come from as far as like well, from that, a research standpoint? Yeah, the, the technology, it actually, actually comes from um, some research that was done by Sense Technology as well as a, a, a device that Sense Technology makes called the Pulsar. Okay. That system is sold to chiropractors and physical therapists to allow the, uh, the clinician to analyze and treat the spine. So we basically condensed that technology into a smaller version and also um, made it so that we can sell it directly to the end user rather than have to uh, you know, go through a, another level to work with the horse itself. Wow, that is really cool. That, you know, that sounds it, it sounds like something that I could honestly use on my back. I have really bad scoliosis, so you know, to relieve that lower back pain, I almost feel like I could use it for that if if I'm not mistaken. Well, yep, uh, then and that's what we find is that a lot of the a lot of the people who are purchasing the mini phaser for their horses will um, find that when they're when you know generally when you're doing something, whether it's in any sport, but especially in the in the equine world. When you're riding properly, you start to feel that it hurts. You know, if you're doing right. everything right, something's going to hurt. And uh, so what's nice is these, these um, horse owners will use the minifazer on their horse, and then when they get home, they'll say, hey, you know, I'll try this over here on my back, and oh, hey, that feels pretty good. And so they, in, in turn, get some relief from the system as well. You're absolutely correct. Now, yeah. I, <clears throat> I did go to the chiropractor, and had, I had this done. But the, the problem with with it was I don't know if it worked or not because they also did the tens in the same session. So they would do the tens and then the light therapy in the same session. So I'd feel better, but I wouldn't know whether it was the tens or light therapy Which or one? both. You kind of don't know. Yeah, the know, tens has right? also been good. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and tens, tens certainly <clears throat> is going to help, you know, in the, in the exact moment that you use it, but generally the, the light therapy and the vibration therapy is going to be something that, that will last a lot longer. We actually, uh, that same Pulsar system just had some, some randomized controlled trials that were run in both uh, that was my next question. Poland. Yeah. Yep. And, and those recent studies have shown that uh, the, the technology is actually um, shows the relief of pain not only in the moment, but they followed up with those patients and found that they had a long-term relief of pain that was above and beyond things like the the um, uh, traction uh, tables and things that you that you might have heard of uh, for relieving back pain and things like that. So they actually did some some very cool studies very recently, and uh, the the actual theory on the um, reason for pain that doesn't have you know you didn't stub your toe all of a sudden just something seems to hurt we've actually posted that on our facebook page um if any of your listeners would like to check that out as well they can download that pdf and and look through some of that theory as well now if i use this on my head will i be able to think better because i'm getting old <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I can't say that, that that'll necessarily happen, but uh, there have been some studies out there showing light therapy on the top of your head and uh, be relieving um, depression, actually. So you might not be smarter, but you might feel a lot better. Jemmy, how did you let that one go? I expected you to jump in. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm behaving myself. <laughs> 
Don't hold back, Jimmy. Jimmy. Yes, <laughs> she never does. Never <laughs> has in the past. I think she's just being nice because you're on here. Um, so. <laughs> Like I said, I'm I, on I your side here. I think let you just throw yourself under the bus. Yeah, yeah I think I do that pretty well, actually. I'm good with that. So what does these run? Uh, uh, you know, and is it just the one handheld unit? You don't need more than one? How's it um, work correct. when you buy it? You don't it? need more than one. You may have to use it uh, in multiple locations, okay. and uh, you can set the time limit in that you want to use it in, in an area in the app itself. And then the system will shut itself off, so you don't have to worry about trying to keep track of minutes and things. So you really need need one, um, but you you know you might use it in different locations, so it might take a little bit longer. Um, and and if you had two or three, then it's certainly a shorter time. But you might need two or three arms or or people as well. But the, and how the long do you typically inter- use it for? Sorry, just real quick. Generally, ten to fifteen minutes in okay. a location is uh, is what we're recommending at this point. And there okay. are four different um, intensities of the system. So we tend to to recommend you start off at kind of a low intensity to introduce it to the horse, and then um, as you're you're working with the horse, you might find that the horse responds better to a certain intensity. So then you can figure that out and and keep it on that uh, that intensity for from then on out. Got it. So it is kind of like the phaser. You do have a stun and a, you know, stun more. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got four four levels at least. We just don't ever actually want to want to have the horse decide to break out of those cross ties and run across the barn. <laughs> no. Do, nope. are, are there any horses that don't like it? It's just like a, vi- a my vibration, so I don't know why they wouldn't. You know. Yeah, the, yeah. there um, there are times when it's very quiet, but it occasionally might sound if as you get close to the pole on the horse. Um, sometimes they might feel that it kind of sounds or feels like clippers. Hmm. So what we've actually found is that many of our our patients, our our horses that we've worked with in our our local barn, have been desensitized to clippers by the use of the system, because what happens is once you start using, once they get used to the system. They actually look at you coming at you know towards them, and they start to relax right away. And so, when you start working with them with the mini phaser, and you get them to relax, they tend to fall asleep. And a lot of our our uh, human clients have said, you know, my horse hated the clippers, but now he's like, hey, this is fine. I'm good with it. Hmm. My pony loves the clippers. He just loves getting clipped. Yeah, see, one, mine always uh, fall asleep you're, you're too. Yeah. Man. yeah, they just love it. They just their little lips go, and feels good. Well, where can people find it, and where can they buy it? Uh, at this point, um, they can buy direct from us. We are in the midst of putting together our, our website, and it should be up in the next week or so, and they'll be able to buy directly from the website, which would be quadrapoise.com. Uh, they can visit our Facebook page if they want to message us. Um, if they look up Quadrapoise or just Mini Phaser on Facebook, they'll find it there and uh, they can communicate with us. We've got a, a first production run uh, that we have here, and we're introducing the mini phaser at a special price of $600 at this point. Okay. And that would come with one bottle of the liniment as well. And when will this be available? Is it available now? It is available now. Okay. Um, like I said, in, in a limited production run okay. at this point, um, but we are going into mass production in uh, hopefully the next... Uh, I would say by next month we'll be in in a larger production process at that point. All right, well you're hearing about it first here everybody go to quadrupoise.com and what's the Facebook page? The Facebook page is mini phaser hyphen quadrupoise. So okay. mini phaser if they search that on Facebook should 
should find us, and uh, and that's really the best place to go right now because, like I said, we're just in the midst of uh, finalizing some drafts of the of the web page and have not actually published that yet. All right. <clears throat> Jeremy, we'll put That's that awesome. in the show notes as well. So thank you very much, Christian, for joining us, and uh, good luck, and we hope the kids have fun continuing their vaulting careers. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate uh, you taking the time this morning. All right, take care. Thanks, Christian. Have you ever have you ever used any of this on uh, the type of therapy on your horses over the years? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it works. I, I, I'm a little naive about it i've i've had so many people explain it to me and i, I swear I my I eyes blaze either. over and i, I, <laughs> I, I feel just... like such a ripe idiot because i'm just like i don't understand but i'm trying so hard to to get it and um but no i really do i've had a few friends too that have used um kind of light therapy type products or you know something similar to a tens machine on the other on the other hand um you know on soft tissue injuries or or even like wounds in the skin kind of and i think it's really cool how you can see the effects i own a tens machine uh one mm-hmm. of the versions of that for my back and yeah he's right it it doesn't last long it's about two no. hours you have to do it yep. several times a day if you really want relief all day so it's much shorter term with the tens machine now dr wendy does uh laser light therapy with la- she does laser light acupuncture and oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, apparently it's very sharp laser, uh, so it's just like acupuncture, only without the needles. So but with she lasers? said, "Yeah." Oh. So she said, with the horses that don't like the needles, because there are some that don't like the needles for acupuncture, then she uses that, and she says it's just as effective. So um, she seems to like that. She's our resident veterinarian, Chinese medicine doctor, so I kind of buy what she says. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow, they do that too. Is crazy. Yep. Well, all right, well, let's take a break here for a product review. This is one we actually did last year, but I thought I'd dig it out because it is the Noble Outfitters Men's Mud Boots, and I've seen pictures from everybody around the country right now whose snow is melting and the mud is in season. It is mud season, so I thought you would enjoy this one. These are still available. The following product review appeared on the Staple Scoop Radio Show, part of the Horse Radio Network, hosted by Glenn the Geek and Helena B. To hear the complete show, visit StableScoop.com or download the free Horse Radio Network app on your phone, iOS or Android. Just search for Horse Radio Network. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today to do the product review. You got the Noble Outfitters Men's Mud Boots, but these are the short paddock boot size, right? Yes, they are. Like someone else snapped up the tall ones. Cool. And our, uh, what kind of riding do you do? I do uh, most um, English riding. And of late, it's been um, getting into eventing. But with the guy I'm on now, it's mostly uh, jumping into dressage. Okay, cool. And so these are mud boots. They're meant to be waterproof. Uh, they're 100% waterproof. These particular ones are like six inches high, paddock boot size. Now, the one thing they claim is that they're breathable and moisture wicking. So what what has been your experience with these? Have you worn them in the mud and the rain and the puddles? Tell us about them. They definitely do well in in the mud and the puddles. They're in there. The bottom... Now, most of the boots is like a pretty solid rubber. They've got sort of breathable panels up the, like both sides of the ankle. So they're, they're very comfortable. They're definitely waterproof. I have gone wading through puddles. Uh, my only uh, warning on splashing through puddles is, well, they're only six inches high. So if you splash too much, they'll come in the top of your boots anyhow. Mm-hmm. And uh, breathability, they've got kind of um, 
I guess sort of a, a breathability liner uh, throughout the whole boot. Um, I think they'd probably, I'd say they'd probably be good for about three seasons out of the year. I think if it got much, like I've been wearing them almost nonstop since I got them um, when I'm not actually riding. And what state are you and in? And I'm in Virginia, Virginia, Central Virginia. Okay. Yeah. So th- th- this week it's in the 80s and 90s. So we'll see how they do when the temperatures push up in mid 90s. Good. But they're, they've been breathable enough that I think they're, they're pretty good. I'd say three season boots. I'm not sure how well they do for me in midsummer. So here in Florida okay. in August, probably not the best bet. Probably not. I'd give them a try, but uh, might, might want to throw on some, you know, moisture working socks under them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I missed this because you cut out for a second. What height did you get? Did you get the, the six inch or the tall? She- Six I've got inch. the shorter, the six yeah. inch. Yeah. So you got the six inch. boot size. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, so that's not too bad. You could actually, you're going to get less heated up in those than you would in the super tall ones. Yeah, I believe so. Now you've had them for how long? Um, I'd have to look back. I actually saw the cut in from your message previously when I got them. I've probably had them for a good month or two. Okay. So probably about two months. And you said you've been wearing them. So obviously you like them. Yeah, they were. They were comfortable from the moment I took them out of the box. I never had to do any break-in. They were comfortable, like slipped right on, like easily slipped on, they easily slip off, but they've got enough stretch in them that they still stay in place. That's a and, big deal. Mm-hmm. And they're they're comfortable. I mean, both to, to wear, to stand around in. They've sort of become my my go-to footwear. Like if I don't need if I don't need to wear something like dressy or get on a horse, they're the shoes I wear most of the time. Well, and <laughs> so far, it does. And they've held up. They've got a good deep tread, but it's still easy to, you know, pose it out because they're waterproof. Um, have you ridden in been, them? You, have you ever w- ridden in them? I have not ridden in them. They do have enough of a heel that you could, but size-wise, I was kind of limited in what sizes I could pick from, you know, eight or ten. And I wear, I in most boots, I wear around a nine, nine and a half. So they're a little loose on me, but I don't blame that on the boot. I think they're just sized a little bigger than I would normally wear. Hmm. Um, I think if they were a closer fit, I probably could ride in them. But as as it stands, they're just loose enough. And mind you, they still stay on. But they're just loose enough that I wouldn't want to... Um, I haven't tried them on a horse. Uh, I'm glad you're happy with them. It's the Noble Outfitters Men's mud Muds Boots. They, have, they come in different sizes. They have a mid-calf and a tall as well. So you can go see all the different options at horselovers.com. Thank you, Scott. You're very welcome. I was just over on Horse Lovers. They have a whole bunch of sales going on over there, too. $100 off of turnout blankets, so you want to check that out as well at horseloverswithaz.com. A couple news stories here, Sally, before we get into uh, your chat about an article that was in Heels Down magazine. Uh, It was the funeral yesterday of Mike Tucker. If you remember right, last week we talked about how he was one of the top announcers in all of the BBC in Britain, especially one of the top announcers in the world of eventing. He had announced at at like, uh, what was it, six Olympic Games, multiple world championships, and just was, you've heard his voice. If you've listened to any announcing at all in eventing over the years, you've heard his voice. Well, the funeral was like a who's who of the eventing and royal world. 
because Princess Anne was there for the memorial wow. service. And also, of course, Zara, Tind- Zara Tindall was there. Um, she knew him quite well, and Princess Anne knew him quite well. Uh, Lucinda Green was there looking all dressed up in her finery. Uh, we've had a couple interesting nights, actually, with Lucinda. She's a wild child. Um, we, we've stayed in the same house as her at Rolex a few times. Uh, and at the wow. my, one of my favorite memories of Lucinda Green is... Is we we tried to find her car one night in a golf cart after at the wagon, Kentucky. She couldn't remember where she parked. We drove all over the place in that golf cart looking for her car. It was funny. <laughs> uh, Mary King was there as well, uh, and uh, you know, all dressed up. It's weird to see all these eventers from England all dressed up at not an riding clothes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was strange, but apparently, it was a. There were like tons of people at this funeral, and he will be missed. Um, over there, he'd been doing it for almost 40 years. <laughs> I just, you know, anytime, you know, he also announced uh, a couple of the big events of that Charlotte Duhart Ann had in her career, too. And, yep. and I mean, it's just like, the, I feel like the announcer has such an important role. He has such an important role because, you know, it's almost such a it's it's become kind of an old fashioned thing to listen to an announcer. Yeah. You know, you really have to kind of pay attention and the the rich announcing radio voice that you kind of get used to. You don't see it as much. And Mike Tucker was really one of the the voices, I guess, that you you just think of horses. And I think so. John Kyle's kind of become he's his amazing. replacement. Yeah, he's, you know, he's absolutely. kind of that same class, though. And I think John actually used, you know, uh, these guys that you're talking about, the mics of the world. He kind of used them as an example and as a, you know, to learn from. And mm-hmm. I think John is the closest one to really having that in the new generation of announcers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, John's really got a good, um, you know, he's kind of a new hybrid of announcer. You know, he's kind of, you know, very active on social media and he's got a whole lot of followers and um, he kind of brings a, a little bit of a modern spin, I guess you could almost say, but he's still got that classical voice and that classical style. So, I mean, I, I really enjoy listening to him as well. He actually, but Mike will, will be missed. He sat in on the horses in the morning, came here to the studio one time when he was in Ocala and sat well, I bet in. that was entertaining. Yeah, sat in on a whole <laughs> show with us. I'm trying to look up when that was. It was a while back, but uh, yeah, he, he sat in on a whole show with us. It was a lot of fun. He actually did really bad ads with us too on Friday. So, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, we made He'd him do good his, to read one of those bad tweets. <laughs> we, we, uh, we did, uh, we made him do a Southern accent, I remember, and that, that didn't go well with this <laughs> British accent. So. Uh, there was another big news story, and that is that the Hall of Fame announcements have been made for eventing. And Karen O'Connor and Captain Mark Phillips are among the new inductees in the United States Eventing Association's Hall of Fame for 2018. Of course, Karen O'Connor competed in five Olympic Games, three World World Equestrian Games, uh, two Pan American Games. She was the number one ranked lady rider in the world in 1993 and has been named U.S. Female Equestrian Athlete of the Year 10 times. You know, we're so used to having Karen around that you forget all the things she did in the past. I, you know, it's I, I totally agree with you because I think, you know, she was kind of really still going pretty hard when I when I first started paying attention to, to Aventine. And um, yeah, I, th- I think one of the last horses I remember her really competing was that Mandiba horse. And, um, you know, it, it's just like she's just so, such a part of the Aventine culture. You forget how freaking famous she is. Right. <laughs> At Theodore, you know, Theodore was another one. Yeah, that, uh, the little pony. Yeah, little ponies. Yeah, Theodore Connor was another one that really, 
came to the limelight. But we, we mm-hmm. do forget how much of a pioneer she was back in the early days of, of women really doing well in the sport. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, she really was a pioneer. And Captain Mark Phillips, of course, he uh, began his eventing career in England, uh, and he he did a team gold medal in Great Britain in Munich in 1972. Uh, he was in the world championship teams in 1970 and 1971. He won badminton four times, 71, 72, 74, and 81. He also won Burley in 73. He uh, was Nations Cups and just goes on and on. Of course, the reason he's getting the U.S. Eventing Hall of Fame is that he was chef to keep for the U.S. team for 20 years. Yep. So, uh, and, and you know, you might know him, too, as a, you know, his first wife was Princess Anne. So, you know, there's that. Small detail. Yeah, minor. there's that little thing. And Zara, who we just talked about, is his daughter. Mm-hmm. So it all comes around there. And we're, I'm gl- I was so glad to see him because he really should be in the Hall of Fame here. Yeah, you know, and, and and now, and I think this is another example of you kind of, it, he's another one that you kind of almost forget how much he has done. I mean, he's so involved with the course designing, and I'm sure he still coaches a few people now. But, you know, even in the recent last 10, 10, 15 years, there's so much that he's accomplished. So, I mean, just reading this list, it's like, wow, I hope I will accomplish a third of this by the time. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, it's crazy. It is. Uh, so, yeah. And he's and he's still, you know, he's he's very involved. He just designed the course, I believe, the at Tryon, the test event this weekend. And so um, he's he's got a lot going on still. Yeah, that's a big thing right now. Right. Course design. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, he's mostly. Doing. Yeah, he's he's got a lot of, um, you know, I think he's working very closely with a lot of the events here to kind of, you know, modernize eventing, I guess, might be one way to put it, because he also has designed for that Wellington showcase that. Uh, you know, Mark Bellissimo put on. And so, um, you know, I think he's got some, 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 uh, excuse me, some good ideas for sure. We just drove by uh, yesterday. I know I've mentioned it here before, but it's just incredible. And we've had we had some company here yesterday who drove by it by the first for the first time, the new World Equestrian Center being built near our house here in Ocala. Oh, I've seen pictures of that. Oh, my God. It is just every time I drive by and they 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 have a lot of people working on this place but every time I drive by it's just incredible the number of buildings that are going up it is it, and these indoors are massive <laughs> they're just yeah. massive and of well course, this is the same one as the thing in Ohio right yes only he's okay. taken it up a notch uh, they they have gotten permission now that this is one of the hang-ups he had he bought 3,000 acres here he basically bought from one major road all the way to the other major road Wow. Um, and it, those of the, the that have been to Ocala, Route 40 all the way to Route 27. 27 is the one that hits us on further down. Um, if you if you know the horse and hound and you've been here and you're a horse person, you've eaten at the horse and hound, then it's that road. So, really? Yep. So he's bought from one to the other, and he bought up all the farms, he bought up all the land, and he's putting in uh, 800 small farms so that the riders will be able to buy a place. And then he's going to also have like two or 300 condos and they're putting up a hotel. The, the hotel is really cool because it's going to be at the end of the outdoor arena. So from your balcony in the hotel room, you'll be able to watch shows. Um, there'll be 300 rooms there. They're putting in five restaurants. So this is really, this takes it to a whole new level, but he was getting a lot of flack from the town and from the locals who live on the road. 
So they and he finally now has gotten permission. They've told him where he could put the entrances in off the main roads, off the four lane highways. So now he has permission to do that. I think it's going to cost him a few uh, a few dollars extra to run the roads a little further than he thought in the property. But mm-hmm. it uh, he it looks like he has all the permissions he needs now. And I just saw and this is interesting that Ocala now the city of Ocala's we don't really have a convention center to speak of that uh, they're now looking at putting in a convent. Uh, full-size convention center, 200,000 square feet near the World Equestrian Center. So, oh, well, that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, so to tie it in so conventions can come down here, uh, whether they're horse conventions or any kind of conventions, but also have the World Equestrian Center close by. So Ocala, you know, Ocala's going to be giving uh, Lexington a run for its money here shortly. I was just thinking, I mean, I'm, I'm sensing a WEG bid coming on, really, because they've got the, the jockey club that's got that three-star cross-country, so I'm sure, it, you know, they could probably add some more to make it a, a four-star or... I don't, what a five star! I don't know whatever it is now. Yeah, right. So, you're right, and 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 Wag is a four star, I believe. Olympics a three star, but they could easily do that here. Absolutely, it's, yeah. I've I've not been to the Jockey Club, so I don't. I mean, but it's, it's a beautiful, it's fairly grounds. large. Isn't yeah, it's it? fairly yeah, large and it's beautiful. And the other thing we have is the Florida Horse Park, which is six hundred. Oh, that's acres. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's six hundred. I mean, they're still rocking horse. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily got the infrastructure as far as stabling is concerned, but it's certainly got a, a good cross country patch and, and you something. know it's interesting because ocala in the winter time we attract the jumpers you know that go to hits we attract uh, we don't track dressage too much but we we attract the drivers all come to ocala in the winter the, yep. the professional drivers and then also the endurance riders all come to ocala because in the forests here there's there's hundreds of miles of trails oh i guess you do have the, the national forest right yep. there too yep and then and then um Black Prong is also over there by a huge uh, forest, so they ride over there all the time. They do competitions over there. So, yeah, we do attract a lot of people. I could see them putting in a WEG bid pretty seriously after the World Equestrian Center is finished. Uh, Yeah. I, I could see that happening for sure. Well, let's talk. Let's go back to Britain and talk a little bit about an article. Was this in a previous or coming up? This so this is actually in the April issue, okay. so um, it's just just freshly out, and um, we I'm and super this is excited. This is Heels Down magazine we're talking about. Yeah, yep. so this is Heels Down magazine. Um, if you're not familiar, it's a digital magazine, and we offer it only on your mobile device because we know that you've always got your phone in your hand. I mean, I know I always do. I just looked at mine, so um, you know we just like to cater to convenience. So um, the April issue is something that I really personally was invested in because it was my first cover that I was really involved with. And um, we actually got to travel. So Oliver Townend is the British event writer who was on our cover this month. And he's very well known. Um, At one point, he was ranked number one in the world. I think he's currently number 11. And he won Burley last year. Um, But he's, you know, kind of had a little bit of a tough go in the media and has had a a little bit of a reputation as a bad boy, I guess you would say. And so we really wanted to to talk with him. And so we really were able to kind of go candid and in-depth with him. And the article turned out so good. I don't think you're going to read anything like that from Oliver anywhere else in the media. So uh, the pictures um, super are proud. terrific. Yeah, I mean, okay, so we used this photographer. His name's Nico Morgan. Um, he does a lot of photography for, you know, Eventing Nation and uh, the the horse trials over there. And he also photog- photographs a lot of hunts and that sort of thing. So he's he's incredible. And so I um, I reached out to him and I said, hey, you know, we're trying to get Oliver Townend. We might be over there to do the shoot in January because we were going over for the 
the British Equestrian Trade Association show, which was a whole other story. Um, Nico's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, Oliver's a mate of mine. You know, they say mate. I can't say a British accent, but, um, you know, so he's like, he's, he's, he's cool. You know, like he'll, he'll be comfortable with me. And I'm like, great. Um, so his assistant, Oliver's assistant, Karen, is a, a lovely lady and she's very, very on top of things and organized. And she was thrilled that Nico was our photographer. And um, so we get over there and we drive, you know, Oliver kind of lives in the countryside. And, um, you know, it was such an experience because he let us into his house. I, he made me a cup of tea. And OK, let me just tell you that I'm, an, I'm a really awkward person. Like if you meet me in person, I'm kind of awkward. Um, so... <laughs> we self-aware we though <laughs> yeah no 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 that's it's it's like a blessing and a curse like i know i'm awkward but because i know i'm awkward it makes it worse so then it just becomes more awkward, awkward yeah yeah so anyway <laughs> um so first we knock on his door and nobody answers and there's like nobody in the yard because it's rainy and i guess i think it was like three. so his house is at his barn too yeah think, like he yeah. lives so okay so his barn is a is a converted dairy yard and um, so, so it's 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 got like these. It, I'm sure this is kind of standard, but it's got these like kind of darker stalls, and you can tell it was kind of converted from from not having a lot of light. Um, but it's gorgeous. I mean, all brick buildings and an all brick house, and it, it just amazing. So we knock on the door. There's nobody there. Nobody answers the door, and I'm like, oh my god, we came all the way to England. He's not freaking going to answer the door. Like this is. <laughs> Like my phone doesn't work. Stood up on a trip to England. Yeah, it's like God. I can't. I gotta fly across the world to (laughs) get stood up. I can do that at home. Um, So, (laughs) so he finally opens the door. I guess he was. I don't know what he was doing, napping or showering or something. And um, I was like, I don't really get starstruck because I guess I just I've been talking to writers for for God knows how long. And like I just you know I, I used to get nervous when Boyd Martin would look at me, and I guess it just. I don't know. I I guess I'm used to it. But um, Oliver was just a different story. I just was so starstruck that like my knees were shaking and like, (laughs) I'm just like, what is happening to me? And I'm like, my face is red. (laughs) I'm not like everybody else is talking. Patricia, who's the president of Heels Down and then Nico were both there and they're all like carrying on. And I'm just sitting there like I'm literally sitting there like, Sally, you never don't have anything to say. All right. All right. I got a sound file for you. (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to be that girl, girl, that girl, that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so anyway, it, it, long story short, it ended up fine. And, and, and he offered me a cup of tea. And I, I said no, because I don't like tea, but I didn't want to say, sorry, I don't like tea. <laughs> you told a British guy you're not going to accept a cup of tea? I okay so again I'm an awkward person Glenn like you should okay so I said no and then proceeded to spend the rest of the two hours that we were there kicking myself and thinking oh my god Oliver thinks you're a total jerk because you just refused a cup of tea and so then I'm trying to like and it's funny because Patricia's probably listening to this right now and like I didn't know any of this was going on because I'm really good at hiding things I think I probably wasn't I don't know so I'm sitting there like, okay, Sally, you got to like get over the tea thing and just like start talking. <laughs> so I'm like trying to talk to Oliver. And, and like, meanwhile, he's telling all these stories and he's perfectly charming. And like, he has these really pretty blue eyes. And I'm just like, I, I can't handle this. So <laughs> eventually he gives me another shot and he offers me another cup of tea. And he literally said, I'm not normally this nice. So you should like, basically like, you should probably take this. And I was like, oh my God, he hates me. <laughs> so, uh, 
I, I can I just did, picture I all this happening team. too because I've met him yeah. before. <laughs> it, it, well, because he's just so like he kind of looks at you and he has this. I don't want to call it a smirk because it's not a smirk, but it looks like one. And he kind of it's like this like mischievous like what are you gonna do look and but I don't think he knows that he's giving like I don't know I think I'm almost just like he's challenging you in a way yeah yeah, kind of. yeah I get it um, yeah I get it so anyway but I don't, yeah, I don't so think I, that's what he means by it no but. I don't I don't know I think that's just kind of his personality because he's quite charming he and is, he's very yeah. funny and so anyway the the whole thing the whole point is that you know I don't really think that he's ever done an interview did like that you take the tea I did. Okay, sorry. I'm avoiding the thing. I, I, I took know. the tea. I took the tea and I drank the entire cup. <laughs> was it good? It was it okay, it was really good, but I drink really slowly, so it was getting cold. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was getting cold. And so I'm trying to like chug it because we're getting ready to leave and I don't want to I don't also want to leave a half drank cup because I feel like that's even worse than saying no so like so basically the moral of the story is I spent two hours overthinking a cup of tea with Oliver Townen and um (laughs) so the cool thing talking about Oliver and not myself here for a second is that he also has these like I'm sorry I get this whole visual now and I can't get it on my head on the tea I'm like, I was sweating. Like, it was really cold, and I was sweating. I was so, like, this is... I obviously know you better than him, but I know kind of both of you, so having this visual is just cracking me up. Well, because it's funny, because they always say that when you're nervous about something, like, usually the other people, like, don't really know. Like, it's not as big of a deal. So I'm over here, like, working myself into a complete mess while trying to, like, have a poker face and smile and be nice and... It's really hard to do. So the tea was was quite soothing. You know, really, they say like nothing. You can't you can solve everything with a cup of tea. So I figured I would try it. Um, (laughs) So but he has this like he has trophies and magazine covers and everything, pictures, carvings, anything you could possibly imagine from all of the stuff that he's won. And it's so cool because it's like a museum. Like you walk into his house and it's not like he's trying to brag. It's just he has he's won so many things that it just he's got to put it somewhere. Right. Um but he literally has the the big bottles of champagne that they give you when you win like Burley. He has the they're empty cuz obviously you drink those. I was going to ask are they full? The, <laughs> I probably, you know, if they were full, I would have drank one of those and then I would have had a lot of fun. Um so he has these I'd be like, shocked by the way if there's any championship bottle of champagne with an eventer that isn't empty. That is unopened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be shocking. Well, it's funny because in Kentucky every year um, for the media, the members of the press, they do a drawing at the beginning. You can enter, you know, who you think is going to win and what the final score will be. And then they do a drawing from the correct answers. And then you win a giant bottle of champagne and they give it away on Sunday after the final press conference. Um, So obviously the last few years, Michael Young has won. And so every year I enter because I'm like, I'm going to get a picture of Michael Young. This is it. And everybody's like, well, what are you going to do with the champagne? Because you fly out like on Sunday night. And I'm like, you drink it. <laughs> I, I don't It's not that hard. That's uh, <laughs> right. what it's for. <laughs> like, I'm not going to take it on. the Like, please, can I check this bottle of champagne? Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bring this with me. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, um, Oliver has all of these 
champagne bottles, like just kind of laying next, not laying, but sitting on the floor next to his, his trophy. It's amazing. Like it's absolutely incredible. If you go on the heels down magazine, Facebook page that you can actually, we posted a video that we did, uh, kind of like a candid behind the scenes at the shoot video with Oliver. So we posted the video of that and, um, there's a little bit of a glimpse at the trophy case. So you guys can check out that on Facebook and look up our videos because it's, it's honestly hard to do it justice without you seeing it. I think, too, what what you got across in the article, too, was that these guys are all business people, too. Um, they are. To get to the point that they <clears throat> that he is at, you have to be a business person. You're not just a writer. Um, no. That's I think as much as you want to be a writer, too. And I think that's the thing with Oliver is I think, you know, it's a little bit, I, I almost want to say sad in, in, in the sense that you know, you have to sell the horses. I think all of the, a lot of the horses that Oliver has sold, you know, he's had some pretty big horses come through his, his program that now are with, you know, the likes of Andrew Nicholson and so on and so forth. And he's had to kind of make some tough decisions. And I think every horse professional or everybody trying to make it out there will, will relate to that because he said, you know, I'm basically a horse dealer that events on the side. I'm not an eventer who sells horses. I'm a, I'm a horse dealer who also events. And it's, you know, that's that's isn't that really the struggle is is making well, and we get that question. Probably one of the most asked questions we get when we ask for questions for professional riders is how do you actually make a living? You know, how do you pay for all of this? And you know, take out the ones who came from money and have family money, uh, the ones mm-hmm. who are actually doing this and trying to make a living is they make their money from selling horses. And unfortunately, yep. you're going to sell the ones that someday are going to be the champion horses. Absolutely. Uh, and and you have to look at that and go, that could have been mine. That could have been my ride. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine that, you know, I, I sold a horse last summer that I, I really thought was at least going to be my one star horse. And, um, you know, I just I had to kind of make a tough decision and and I look at him and I'm just like, God, you know, like, what am I going to do when he's going one star? Or, you know, maybe he goes farther than that. Like, am I going to kick myself? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I had to do what I had to do. And it's like you have to make those decisions. And it's 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 the worst thing in the world or it's not. But it, it feels like it at the time. Um, you know, and I think Oliver even said something in this article about he he kind of told a story about a, a particular horse that he had sold and he was watching it leave out his kitchen window and was like, God, I really wish I didn't have to sell that one. You know, and it's just kind of it's almost a little sad. And I think Oliver obviously is very passionate about what he does. And he's very he, he loves his horses. Like if you see if you would have seen him in the yard kind of interacting with the Balmore class horse that won Burley. I mean, it's just it's very evident that he really cares. And um you know, you don't want to have to sell the horses because I'm sure he gets a lot of really good ones in. Yeah, you're absolutely so. right. And, you know, Jennifer sold one. She sold a thoroughbred that we, she had. She brought it up through the lower levels and ended up selling it. And that horse ended up going to, I think, three-star. And Jennifer had never ridden at that level before, but the horse went to that level. And, it, you know, I'm sure that was kind of bittersweet. She was happy that somebody bought it that could take it to that level, um, sure. that had the resources to do that. Because as we know, it all gets very expensive when you do that. But absolutely. I think all of us, even on, you know, if you're not a professional rider, I've sold, you know, the one Percheron I sold, it broke my heart to sell that horse but at that point we needed the money and i think everybody that's been in horses for a long time uh that you know makes a living doing it okay let's Mm -hmm. qualify that you've sold a horse because you needed the money and you know whatever level whether it's a hundred thousand a million dollars or or four thousand dollars uh so you know it doesn't matter what level you're at you need the money you need the money right and you end up selling the horse for whatever reason and it's no different here i mean they're selling them to move on but they also need the money. They have to. They have to pay for that barn and, and that house, and they have to Absolutely. eat too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it's a discussion that I think it's good to have. And I think, you know, I don't, I don't really have the answer to, to, to making it work, but I'll, well, I don't think it is. any. I think that is the answer. I think that's yeah, the no, system. I, I think it, it is. is. The I answer. think you just have to, <laughs> yeah. to know that that is, that that's how it's done. And like you said, kind of qualifying it outside of the people that do have the, the, the outside money to kind of support it, you know, the, for the majority of us, that's, that's the reality of it. And for all of our, I, I think the point is that, you know, I was the number one event writer in the world and it, you know, I'm still doing, the, you know, it really didn't change a whole lot, you know, like not that he's not grateful, but, um, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it than I think what people, people see the the trophies and they see the bad boy and they see all these things that are written about, about him on the internet. And it's just like, you know, I guess it's just a reminder of just not really, you know, take, take everything with a grain of there's salt. There's always more to the story. There's right? a little bit more, always a little bit more, you know. And if barn looks cool, it looks like one of those old fashioned British barns. Oh, it's gorgeous. Like it was just like, uh, I can't even really fully explain how pretty, how different it was there because you just, it's so normal to go walking down the roads where, I mean, these roads were the size of maybe a lane and a half in the States. I mean, they're narrow and the roads are wet and the horses are just totally calm, hacking out on the roads on the loose rain and it's raining and it's, it's such a different culture there. And it was really cool to experience it kind of in the thick of it. Well, then, and you can find that. Where where can they find the article again? So um, Heels Down Magazine is, like I said, a digital magazine. So you can download the Heels Down Magazine app, which is uh, in the Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Uh, you can also visit us on the web at heelsdownmag.com. We have a lot of good content and some magazine previews there as well. And then also every couple weeks, twice a month, the first and last, I'm sorry, first and third, I believe, Fridays of the month is the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast. So we have a lot of things for you to catch up on and read and listen to. So we got you covered. Very good. I got to ask you too, because I I really didn't get a chance to ask you about this. Um, You went to Beta, which is everybody that listens to this show knows what Ada is, because we do shows from Ada. I think we've been there like 18 times now. And (laughs) they all know what the trade show, it's a wholesale uh, retailer trade show. Well, the version of that in England is Beta, which is British Equestrian Trade Association. And I I haven't been there. So what was Beta like? You know, it was so cool. It was... uh it was a lot, a much larger show than Ada was. And for those of you who have been to Ada, I mean, Ada is an awesome show and they do a really good job um, with it. And there's always a lot of really cool brands there. And Beta is just basically the same thing. It's just a little bit larger of a facility and um, a little bit more vendors. I think just the main difference is just the, the horses are much more kind of a part of the culture in that country. And so you get a little bit higher of an attendance, um, but it was cool. They had a really good fashion show. They did uh, a lot of, fashion like they had they hired actual models and had music and lights and a runway (laughs) um, (laughs) like they actually had this one uh brand it was a it was an underwear company called derriere and they had they had a a section in the the fashion show so they had these guys walking in like their boxer briefs and the girls and like the little the cute how did i miss this it was so awesome it was like (laughs) the coolest thing and i took a i think i took a couple snapchat videos of it because i was just marveling at the fact that this was an equestrian trade show (laughs) but like a real fashion show how did i miss this i'm going next year that's it so yeah ada step up your game man i'm expecting like male models at the next one (laughs) we'll throw a couple girls in too yeah just for my benefit yeah (laughs) thank you just for glenn i appreciate that i'm not the only guy there anyway so it's not weird it's fine (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's terrific. Uh, I, I do want to get there one of these days. That that does yeah, sound like it's, fun. I I highly recommend it. And then there's another one in Germany called Spoga, and I don't ask me what Spoga. Oh, that's supposed to be German. like uh, the biggest I think it's one like in the two world. Levels. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. huge. Makes the rest of them look silly. I know. So yeah. I'm dying to go to that. I think it's right before WEG this year. So I don't know that we're going to make it this year. But man, it's it's a bucket list one for sure. So maybe we'll do a Spoga and a Beta show next year, Glenn. Have you ever been to Wisa? I don't know what that is. Now, There's so many acronyms. Yeah, Wisa is the Western English, Western Equestrian show. That you don't I, even know the acronym. I don't even know the acronym, but it's the Western version of ADA. So it happens in Denver in January, oh. and it is floors, like six or seven floors. I mean, the Western world is so much bigger than the English world. Right. And uh, it is incredibly huge. <laughs> so huh. Wisa is just like a huge version on the Western side. I've never seen so many cowboy boots and belt buckles in my life. And uh, I... <laughs> cowboy hats. Uh, cowboy just, heaven. Yeah, cowboy heaven. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's definitely cowboy. And jeans. I didn't know there were that many jean maker i just thought it was wrangler and lee you know but no and uh, levi yeah exactly just like the big but three they're not the big three there there's all these boutique brands of jeans and i've never seen so much bling in my life as wow. a, as at wisa so i'm missing out yeah that's an interesting one to go to and it's in denver so it's in january so it's kind of fun i'm actually too. going to denver today are you believe it or not yeah, I am. I'm going to. So I'm just um, I'm meeting a couple of friends in Denver and then we're driving to Kansas City. My one of my best friends is getting married next week. So her bachelorette party is on Saturday. Oh, so we got a little drive bit of, down through the plains yeah. and stuff. That's going to be. Uh, no, it's not. No. It's not. It's oh, not. not at all. Uh, it's, it's Kansas. <laughs> Oh, and when you yeah. say plains, it actually is just cornfields. Cornfields. So, yeah, yeah. no, okay. not fun. All. <laughs> All right. But I, I appreciate take it back. the positivity. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to help you out here. <laughs> well, Sally, thank you so much for filling in. I hope you'll do it again someday. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Jamie, Give, I got your back. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Jamie doesn't care right now. She's <laughs> Even on though, a beach You know someplace. what? I, I take that back, Jamie. You know what? I hope you're listening to this because I, I take it back because you're in Hawaii and I just remembered that. Yeah. So never mind. So screw her. I don't her, have your back. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back Let's tomorrow. It is Mary Kitzmiller Day. So that's a training episode with Jennifer. They'll be talking all things training and uh, answering listener questions about training your horses. And then Friday's really bad ads. So get your ads in to uh, Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Get on Craigslist, find those bad ads and send them in. And then you'll be eligible for the prizes for this month. Thank you, Sally. Appreciate it. Thank you, Glenn. Have a good day. Thank you, Jemmy. Thanks, Jemmy. Bye, Sally. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone.